guys, welcome back to another IGTV Live and another ESL podcast. Guys, this is specifically on IGTV. Why? I want to start putting up a lot of exclusive content on my ESL podcast page, right? So again, if you're not already following me, my Arsenio's ESL podcast page, very easy to find, of course, on Instagram, will have this entire video. So for the first minute, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to help you guys get on over there, right? Because I realized that one of my IELTS videos got like 500 views on Instagram and a bunch of follows. So I said, you know what? Hey, because the algorithm is very good right now, let me continue doing this and giving back to you guys. So with that being said, if you guys are watching this on Facebook, there's only a minute. There's a link down below. Hit the Instagram, go over there, watch the entire video in regards to this IELTS listening section that I will be doing today. So without further ado, let's get into this bad boy. So what I'm going to do is, of course, share my screen with you guys and the sound. And we're going to go into the speaking. I'm sorry, not the speaking, the listening section four. Now, the listening section four could be a little bit difficult for a lot of you out there because you have to learn how to follow the conversation. I've said it so many times, right? You have to learn how to follow the conversation. I've said that 5,000 times already, okay? But here are some different ways that you can actually follow a flow chart, right? Because there are gonna be different signals such as verbal signals when a speaker is moving from one point to another, okay? And so, here are four different types of those signals that you might actually hear. Introducing a new aspect, right? So that means you're going on to the next one. Developing the topic further. He can use clear linkers in addition. Uh, furthermore, introducing an example. That means you're going into something. It could be a specific detail which you're going to be seeing on a chart that I'm going to bring up right after this, okay? And referring back to a previous point. So here's some different types of expressions that you might hear. And again, you guys see this on the screen. Uh, for those of you who are listening, oh man, I hope I am not lazy enough to hurry up and type up the blog, but I'll try as hard as I can. I promise, I promise, I promise. But anyways, here we go. The reason for this was, now I want to explain a little bit about among these well-established trades. One was, next, there's the problem of, Another experiment demonstrates, I've been asked to talk to you about, it's important to recognize, now I'd like to talk about anyway for all these reasons. And another thing was, <sighs> do you get it? Now, there are another 10. So I want to start by, I want to start by saying, hmm, you might hear this on TOEFL lectures, especially. Um, before I talk to you in detail about mm, I'm going to describe for you mm, the first one concerns, get it? So I could go from 14 to 20, but you guys get what I'm saying, okay? The first, another way, another. So we, we look briefly. Um, lastly, another variation. I'll now tell you how, you guys get what I'm saying? So those are the specific things that you're going to be listening for. So what I got here, and what I want to show you here on the big screen first before I actually go to the listening is what we're going to be doing. No more than two words. We have questions 31 through 40, and it's about exotic pests. So we have four different columns, okay? And we have about seven rows total. So each col uh, column, we have origin, name, 
New Habitat notes. So the notes are very important. Those are the ones that will probably throw you off most. But to give an internal preview, that's what I'm going to be doing. So with the seven rows, we have Australia, England, America. Uh, what? We have two Australias, which is really interesting. But I guess it goes back to another one. Well, as a matter of fact, we have three Australias. So Australia, England, America, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Australia. Okay. Now 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 36 and 37 is in New Zealand. 38 is in Japan. 39 and 40 is in Australia. Now, what we have here, the first uh, row is Australia. Name, red-backed spider. So if we go through all the names, we have rat, fire, ants. Number 34 is a name. We have the flatworm in New Zealand. Number 38 is a name, and it's in Japan. Listen closely for that. So then we go into the new habitat. Okay, New Zealand and Japan. Australia. And then in row three, which is America, it says something in Brisbane. Gold Coast and Brisbane. Queensland and Brisbane. Although Queensland and Brisbane, I believe, are the same things, if I'm not mistaken. But who knows? Get it? Uh, Scotland is in row number four, but that's not a number. Number 36, however, is New Zealand, the flatworm, something Europe. It could be Central Europe. It could be Eastern Europe. Listen closely for the before Europe. All right, then you go down. Obviously, we have the Australian coastal waters in Japan. And then the last one, number 39, urban areas of Southeast something in Australia. Okay, urban areas of Southeast Liverpool, urban areas of Southeast um, uh, Ramsgate. I think that was another, uh, what is this, subway station stop. So these are the different areas, obviously, in Australia. Urban areas of Southeast Adelaide, uh, Perth. These are different states. So I went from going to specific uh, suburbs in a city to states. Okay. So there it is. And then your notes. Even on an island in the middle of, in the middle of what? Me, I would say, okay, where does an island sit in the middle of? In the middle of the sea? In the middle of the ocean? See what I mean? I'm predicting. This is how you predict. Number 32, it says, 800 years ago, imported into England to be used for, used for what? All right. No more than two words. That might be a little bit difficult. Let's continue going. Imported by chance. It's not one of the numbers, but it's in the row three of America. Number 35, however, is in row four, Australia. It says here, deliberately introduced in order to improve something. But then there's a little parentheses that says not effective. Interesting. Number 37, it says accidental introduction inside imported. Okay. And then number 40, which is all the way at the bottom, Australia row column, row column, row, whatever it may be. And then it says smaller flocks because of arrival of mm, in recent years, arrival of something in recent years. So now that we have all that information, people, what I have here is, of course, that IELTS training segment. And that's what we're going to be getting into right here on the screen. So prepare yourselves. I gave you all the notes and it's up to you to start writing everything down. So let's get this in. Pests, given as the introduction to a course on ecology and environment. 
First, mm -hmm. you have some time to look at questions 31 to... Already, already did. Now listen carefully okay. and answer questions 31 to 40. Here we go, people. Good afternoon. I want this afternoon, as an introduction to our ecology module, to offer examples of exotic pests, non-native animals or plants, which are, or may be, causing problems, which might prove a fruitful topic for seminar papers later in the term. People and products are crisscrossing the world as never before. And on these new global highways, plants and animals are travelling too. Exotic plants and animals are turning up in Antarctica and on the most remote islands on Earth. For example, the Australian red-backed spider. It's made its way to countries fairly near home, such as New Zealand and Japan, as some of you may know. Well, it's also been found on Tristan da Cunha, which is a remote island thousands of miles from anywhere, way out in the middle of the Atlantic. Now, another famous animal invasion. Okay, so, on a remote island. Oh boy, so this is a little difficult, because if you look here, it says 31, even on an island in the middle of, in the middle of what? Did he say in the middle of the ocean? Let's go back. As some of you may know. Well, it's also been found on Tristan da Cunha, which is a remote island thousands of miles from anywhere, way out in the middle of the Atlantic. Ah, there it is. That's the key word, people. So, because island was already mentioned, of course, we're not going to write island again, right? Because we're listening for either sea or ocean. He specifically stated the Atlantic. Even on an island in the middle of now, you can either write Atlantic or the Atlantic. Okay, make sure you capitalize the A too. So these could be a little bit tricky. So make sure. Oh, okay. Even on a remote line, all the way out in the middle of the. Okay, he said middle too, and then he said Atlantic. All right. So let's go into number thirty-two now. Now another famous animal invader in the other direction, so to speak, from England to Australia in the southern hemisphere is the rabbit. This was in 1830, and it might seem less of a threat, but it became an extraordinarily destructive pest. The fact that rabbits increased so rapidly is perhaps more understandable when we remind ourselves that they had originally been introduced to England from continental Europe eight centuries earlier. This was because they were regarded as a luxury food source, and in spite of having warm fur, they probably originated on the hot, dry plains of Spain, which of course... Luxury food source. So here we go. 800 years ago, imported into England to be used for... Is it luxury? Is it food? Or is it source? Or is it food? Or is it just source? Or is it just luxury? I'm telling you, these could be a little bit tricky. So this is why you got to listen very, very carefully. Because it said eight centuries ago, that means 800 years ago. If you don't know what century means, you're going to get thrown off. But then it said, oh, originally, and then it went on to say, I think something about fur. But that was somewhere else. So let's go back. Europe, eight centuries earlier. Uh -huh. This was because they were regarded as a luxury food source. 
and in spite of having warm fur, they probably originated on the hot, dry plains of Spain, which of course- They were originated, not used, com two completely different things. Now, again, the fur, he said, despite the fur. It doesn't say anything in regards to having a contrastive statement in here within the 800 years ago and put it into England to be used for fur. No, because it said, despite the fur. It said it was used as a luxury food source. So what you have to do is try to put that 32 together, write it down down below, and I'll give you the answer. Let's continue. Of course, explains why they thrive in the climate of Australia. A much less cuddly example of a pest introduced to Australia, America. this time from America, is fire ants. These are increasing and spreading very fast. Their huge nests can now be found in gardens in the city of Brisbane. And they are costing ah, the Australian... Okay, so number 33. It says in Brisbane. But he said a plural countable noun such as gardens. Gardens in Brisbane. That's your number 33. Okay, make sure you capitalize that G too. Let's Government continue. a great deal of money in control measures. These were an accidental introduction rather than a deliberate one, brought to Australia, probably in horticultural imports or in mud on second-hand machinery. Imported by chance. As a biologist and conservationist, I have become increasingly concerned about these matters. Exotic invasions are irreversible and deserve to be taken more seriously, even when they aren't particularly damaging. For example, Something that is not necessarily a major disaster compared to other ecological experiments. In 1975, an Australian species of earthworm was deliberately introduced to the northern... There it is, number 34, an Australian species of what? Earthworm. Not earthworms, earthworm. Why? Look down, if you're actually watching this, it says flatworm. And flatworm is without the S. So we're just going to use the same thing that we see down below. Don't use an S. So just write earthworm. It doesn't need to be capitalized either. As you see in the entire column, nothing is capitalized. All right. In hemisphere in Scotland. Because now remember, Scotland, he just mentioned Scotland. Now we're going into number 35, which says deliberately introduced in order to improve something. This is going to be the hardest one. They I were bigger than the natives. The aim was that they would be more effective than native species. But in fact, they don't do more for the soil condition than the smaller locals, which they displace. Although they don't do a lot of harm, as far as we know up to now, this will probably prove to have been a mistake. A much more serious case, also in Scotland, as well as other countries, along with the latest victim, Iceland, Okay, so that's it. Okay, here we go. In 75, an Australian species of earthworm, earthworm was deliberately introduced to the Northern Hemisphere in okay, Scotland because they were bigger than the natives. Okay. The aim was that they would be more aim. effective than native species. But okay. in fact, they don't do more for the soil condition than the smaller locals, which they display. Okay, now, improve soil or improve native species? Deliberately introduce... In order to improve, he said the aim was to improve native species or improve the soil. Now, this is why they put not effective, because with one, 
is effective, one is not effective. So let's go back one more time. In Scotland, because they were bigger than the natives. The aim was that they would be more effective than native species. But in fact, they don't do more for the soil condition than the small. Yeah, they would be more effective for native species, but in fact, they would do more harm, which is not effective to the soil. So your answer is soil. See what I mean? Be very, oh, this one was a hard one because you got that not effective right there. And then you would be like, huh, well, hold on, hold on. But he said, well, they were supposed to be more effective to the native species. But here it says not effective. And that's the soil. Okay. That was a hard one. This is how you guys do it. This is why I love walking you guys through this process. All are locals, which they displace. Although they don't do a lot of harm, as far as we know up to now, this will probably prove to have been a mistake. A much more serious case, also in Scotland, as well as other countries. New Zealand, flatworm, 36, something Europe, okay? Something Europe is our number 36. Along with the latest victim, Iceland, is the New Zealand flatworm. This is a most unwelcome newcomer in these regions of Northwest Europe. Basically, there it is. This okay, something Europe. What's your answer? Capitalize the N. Let's flatworm go. came into these countries by accident. Sorry, quick second. Accidental introduction inside imported. Mm. It's now been realized that it was actually carried in the plant pots containing exotic ornamental shrubs and so on. And as it eats local earthworms and doesn't benefit the local economy. I'll do that one more time. That was a little hard because you're like, oh my God, I don't know how to spell that. Let's do it one more time then. It was actually carried in the plant pots containing exotic ornamental shrubs and so on. Exotic? Mm -mm -mm -mm. You're going to have to write that compound noun. And I'll say it for you one more time. Ornamental shrubs. Now, for all of you out there, if you're like, holy shit, I want you to try. Write it down below in the comment section on my IGTV video. Or write it, I do believe that this might debut on YouTube. Or write it wherever you see this. Let me know how you write it. And then go and check it out, of course, online and see if you got it correct. If not, you got to get better at spelling. If you got it correct, Pat on your shoulder. Let's continue. Number 38, Japan. It's another name of a species. Here we go. And as it eats local earthworms and doesn't benefit the local ecology in any way, it is a real pest. Mm -hmm. Next, there's a further instance, this time in the water. And it's come from Japan. Oh. It's a delicious but very fast-spreading seaweed and is one of many exotic species, large and small, in the seas covering the rocks around Australia. Okay, so you guys got it? I'm not gonna say it, type it in the comment section. An exotic of, mm, okay? Now, 39 and 40. Australia, we got the name, we don't have the habitat. It says urban areas of Southeast something. And then number 40 says smaller flocks because of arrival of mm, in recent years. I'm gonna play these two all the way through. Type your answers in the comment section, and then we're gonna to top this bad boy off. Unfortunately, it is replacing indigenous seaweeds and permanently altering the ecosystem. However, to look at the situation from a business point of view, it is now being harvested and exported, dried, back to Japan, its original home where it's particularly popular.
So, sometimes we may find accidental benefits from apparently harmful arrivals. Well, you could say that world ecology is now going the same way as popular culture. Global music and fashions, food and drinks, are taking over from local ones in every land. And in ecosystems, we find vigorous exotic invaders overwhelming native species and natural habitats. But can we find any examples of invaders which appear to be a problem and then find that in fact they may not be such a big issue after all? We might take as an example a native of Australia, the budgerigar, the most common pet parrot in the world, of course. Because there have been many escapes over the years, it is now to be found flying about in feral flocks where the climate suits it. So, these flocks of budgerigars have been getting very numerous in the southeast of the United States, particularly hey! in residential areas. Hey! People have been getting quite worried about this. But it has been observed that the size of the flocks has diminished somewhat recently. Why? The fact that they are smaller is thought to be due to the fact that new competitors for their habitat have arrived from other places. That's the last example for now. What I'd oh, like you wow. to consider is this. Is the planet Earth moving towards a one world... E Blah! Who cares? Okay, it's interesting because we didn't have... A, new, uh, a species that was in number 40. I was listening for this uh, species, but he ended up saying an adjective followed by a plural countable noun, which is very interesting. So again, wow, people, there it is. If you're interested, yes, I have coaching. There's a membership site that I actually put a lot of this on called Patreon, okay? And that's $50 a month. Or if there's online coaching that you need because you're getting ready to do that, speaking's available. Now, remember, Clubhouse is coming out next month, okay? Clubhouse. So if you're on Clubhouse, you have an iPhone, I'm going to be doing exclusive content on there for all of you to engage with me. Very excited about that. That's number one. Number two, I will be doing live videos on Arsenio's ESL podcast page, in which you are probably watching this on. And those live videos will be exclusive to this and my podcast only. Facebook, don't really give a damn. So make sure you follow my ESL podcast page for all the exclusive stuff. If you're interested in online coaching, memberships, or even want a course because you're more of a person that loves to learn and go at your own pace, let me know. I'll be developing a hell of a lot over the next couple of months. So with that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to another wonderful ESL podcast or IGTV. You better stay tuned for more because I got a hell of a lot more over and out.